Welcome to this special Jane NP podcast. I'm Janice O'Flaherty. I'm the publisher for Jane NP at the BMJ, and I'm here with Professor Jackie Pallis and Dr. Ruth Geraldus at the John Radcliffe Hospital in Oxford. Professor Pallis is Associate Professor of Clinical Neurosciences at Oxford University, and she leads the Oxford Multiple Sclerosis Group. She chaired one of the round tables that Jane NP hosted to celebrate World MS Day in Lisbon in May. Dr. Geraldus is a neurologist at the Department of Clinical Neurosciences here at the John Radcliffe Hospital, and she was one of the panellists in the roundtables. We're here to discuss some of the issues presented and debated at the roundtables. So welcome, Jackie and Ruth, and thank you for taking the time um, to record this podcast. Um, First to you, Jackie, what were the main take-home messages from the roundtable that you chaired, which focused mostly on the economic approach to cost-effectiveness in MS, and how do you think these align with the brain health recommendations? Well, I suppose the two main messages that align pretty well with the recommendations were raising awareness of the true burden of MS Um, But also um, we covered um, how to evaluate the cost effectiveness more effectively. And I think those were two important uh, criteria. Ruth? Well, uh, also it was raised that it is important to minimise delay in diagnosis uh, uh, of MS. And uh, we also uh, tried to to identify markers of uh, vascular disease that could be helpful in differentiating patients with MS from patients with uh, other conditions. And uh, also that uh, uh, it is important that patients are aware of other conditions that can make uh, their uh, MS worse and so that they are informed about other strategies to prevent uh, progression onset or to delay progression onset such as uh, smoking cessation and uh, a healthy uh, lifestyle. Thank you. Um, Jackie back to you, just how much do you think we underestimate the burden of MS both for the patient and for society? Well, I think it's very much underestimated by the commissioners um, that deal with MS. Um, We're not really taking into consideration the full social care costs. Particularly, we're not really looking at unemployment um, in our patients, but not just in our patients, the the actual cost to the family carers. Um, Many um, of the family members, the spouses, actually give up work to look after their other halves. And I think we heard in this um, presentation that the cost to the uh, carer was roughly over, well, over 30,000 euros um, a year due to loss of productivity. And also we heard that as patients become more disabled, the carers are often working about 150 hours per month, which is, you know, a full-time job. And none of this really is taken into consideration. I think one of the other things is that we're not always focusing on important symptoms to patients and we're not really measuring cognition and fatigue, which are are crucial um, and ignored in most of our outcome measures. I also think that uh, patients with secondary progressive uh, MS sometimes are left a bit behind uh, where we concentrate in patients with relapsing rating MS. There are some strategies that could be put in place to prevent uh, some aspects such as uh, 
immobilization complications such as DVT uh, and uh, urinary tract infections and so all these uh, 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 problems that sometimes are not uh, taken care by the neurologists but mostly by the GPs and I don't think there's enough support for the GPs to deal with all these complications of end-stage disease. Um, so I think there's still a, a great deal of work to do in those areas. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Jackie, what do you think are the prohibitive factors about getting drugs to market across Europe? Well, over the last decade or so, um, the licensing authorities um, have raised the bar um, in getting these drugs on the market. Um, They've made the requirements much more demanding, and sometimes there's good reason for this, but there's a lot of bureaucracy that I think is, is a great burden. Uh, in the old days, we used to be able to do one study, one phase three study. Now you have to do two studies. Uh, you have to do most of the time um, post-marketing studies, and this is due to previous unexpected serious adverse effects. Um, now, because we have drugs on the market, we can't do placebo-controlled studies, and this means you have to um, have more patients in a study to see an effect. So we have to do larger studies, and all of these requirements um, mean that there's a delay in getting the drugs to the market, but also it means that the studies are much more expensive, and therefore the drugs are going up in cost. Um, And even then, once you get through the licensing authorities, you've got to get through the commissioner's hurdles. And, of course, they are concerned about the increase in expense of these drugs. um, And they're also very interested in the cost effectiveness. Um, And so, again, this leads to another delay to patients. And I think probably from the drug company point of view, when they're looking at trying to... um, actually expand drugs to patients, um, the market um, is becoming much more congested with more drugs around and so um, there's more competition and I think all of this um, is probably a disincentive to to the companies um, to actually um, invest in drug strategies for MS but also it's putting the costs up, you know, dramatically. Uh, moving on, what do you uh, what appear to be the major challenges and roadblocks to current care pathways, both in terms of patient quality of life and cost effectiveness? Well, again, I think we're looking at, at the cost side of things because whenever we're looking at cost effectiveness, it's usually associated with cost, ultimate cost. Um, and we all our healthcare budgets are tightening. So the drug costs are going up, our healthcare budgets are tightening, um, and this means that the targets are increasing, particularly in the UK, but, but through Europe, um, the commissioners are becoming um, more um, strict about letting some of these, these drugs coming through. I think this means that we've really got to improve showing how cost effective these drugs are. Um, and at the moment, we're not doing that. And I think that is a big challenge. I think if we were able to take account of the total burden of disease, we might be able to demonstrate that these drugs are actually value for money. Um, but that's a challenge at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, did, the, uh, did the speakers um, propose any strategies to, o- to overcome these roadblocks? I don't, I don't think particularly, other than um, recommending um, that we actually um, measure 
cost effectiveness and quality of life better. Uh, I think they also mentioned that some of the quality of life outcomes aren't very sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't measure all the important factors. They miss some of the important factors as well. So I think the take-home message wasn't, here's a new way of doing it, but that we need to work on this more. Okay, thank you. And then finally, probably a big question though, what do you think are the, the, the key outstanding questions um, from, from the roundtables and where do we go from here? Well, I think one key area is actually looking at what we measure in patients. Um, we do need to improve the outcome measures. Um, it was also pointed out at the, se- at the session that not only do we need to assess relevant functioning of patients, but we still have to retain measuring the treatment effect in MS. For instance, if you measure the effect on depression, you may not actually want to pay a lot of money for something that improves function by helping depression. So we have to get a compromise of measuring what's important to patients, but at the same time uh, measuring um, what the treatment's meant to be doing effectively. And again, as I said, including trying to um, capture the full burden um, of the disease. And then I think, you know, it's very likely that many of these drugs that look quite expensive are probably much more value for money than we realise. Um, I think other things are streamlining clinical trial design, maybe um, incorporating phase two with phase three outcomes. And I think one of the speakers commented on that, uh, um, trying to reduce the cost of development. Um, And the other really important factor that was brought up is that there are many currently licensed drugs out there that probably will help MS. But at the moment, there is no approval process available to take these sorts of medications, which actually probably quite cheap into development into MS and that was discussed um, as being a very important process to try and push forward. Mm -hmm. I think gathering information from databases and registries is also very important. I think that's in the recommendations Mm -hmm. and it's very important that uh, we gather uh, information about real patients and what are their other problems that can be affecting MS Uh, and also uh, regarding treatment now that there will be so many treatments available. Uh, I think that's the only way of getting long-term data is uh, financing, giving money to uh, databases and registries so that we have that information in the future. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's interesting. So the, the move towards the big data and machine learning and artificial intelligence could perhaps um, help get, get the good information that, that can uh, get through some of the trial data and patient data. Yes, it's uh, a very discrete time and uh, m- moment in time, and you need sometimes to make proper decisions. Uh, uh, the whole spe- spectrum, what's happening to the patient as a whole, not just at that period of time. Yeah. Thank you very much, both uh, Ruth and Jackie. Um, I'm sure our listeners will enjoy this podcast, um, and not just the podcast, but um, you can see the slides uh, from the presentations and watch the roundtables in full uh, if you visit the JNNP website, which is jnnp.bmj.com. Thank you.